Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Good morning and welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts globally. And honestly, it's all because of my truly incredible guests. I feel so fortunate to spend time with people who are at the top of their game and who are passionate about helping you achieve your goals in both your personal and your professional lives. And my guests don't show up here holding anything back. They're here to share the secrets of peak performance with us, and I know you'll find their insights both inspiring and actionable. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your life and your business to the next level. And today we're covering what I consider to be a very important topic, and that is business plans, your key to entrepreneurial success with my friend and colleague, David L. Brown, who is also known as the business plan answer man. Now, David is a prominent figure in the world of entrepreneurship and business planning. And with over 25 years of hands-on experience as a business owner and operator, he's a trusted advisor in the field. And his message is designed to help entrepreneurs understand the need for a business plan. And this is important. Remove that fear and pain of writing the plan. None of us want to do that. It's not something we're like, oh, yeah, let me jump out of bed and go write that plan. We don't want to. That's why we have to meet up with people like David Brown. So he is also an in-demand speaker and a consultant who has helped many clients write their business plans in order to meet the requirements of lenders and operate their businesses. So sharing his 25 plus years experience owning and operating a business, his goal is to save entrepreneurs time and money. And here's really why I wanted to chat with David today. During this episode of your partner in success radio, he is here to share his really profound insights on distinguishing between a hobby Listen, write this down, a hobby and a business. He's going to delve into the critical role a business plan plays engaging this difference and how it can set you on the path to entrepreneurial success. So as I mentioned earlier, grab a notepad, sit back, relax, and get ready to gain valuable knowledge from a seasoned expert in the industry. David, good morning. Thank you for joining me again, and it's good to have you back on the show. Oh, good morning. It's always a pleasure um, to share your uh, information with your listeners that will help them grow your business and, and speak with yourself uh, as a longtime friend. I, uh, always excited. Thank you. You're so kind. And, you know, some days you just feel like you want to talk with a friend. I mean, I love to talk, to chat with everybody that comes on this show. And I always do a pre-interview, so I feel like I've gotten to know them a bit. But there's a certain level of being really comfortable when you're talking with a friend and a colleague. And after the week I've had, you are so welcome here today, let me tell you. So anyway, before we get started, can you tell our audience a bit about yourself and your background that I didn't already cover? Well, I think you covered a lot of it. Um, I have published numerous books on business planning and making those available in, in different methods to help people take that stress out of their lives by uh, following a, a process through. And it's been a pretty successful process that I've used myself for the last 35 years. Um, I'm also uh, heavily involved in the community, volunteering um, at many levels, and also as a chair of a large nonprofit for 36 years. So, wow. so I keep involved, but I believe in giving back and paying it forward. Yeah, and you do a terrific job of that. I knew you were, you know, I knew about the nonprofit. I just didn't realize it had been that long. So congratulations. Thank you. That time flies when you're having fun. That's what they say. <laughs> Listen, you and I have talked a lot over the past, I don't know how many months, probably way too many months, but we are in the process of, of putting together a product for podcasters and business plans because I remember calling you just out of the blue. I had a God wink. I get them and I pick up the phone and call somebody and magic happens. Thank goodness. 
And I remember saying to you, and I was kind of recounting some of the uh, just horrible things that I've read in some of the Facebook groups, these podcasting Facebook groups, and some of the truly bad advice and just horrible decision-making that would have me. I remember telling you, David, that I'll never need a facelift. I would read some of these tales, some of these stories, and my eyebrows would hit my hairline. I would look like I had a really bad facelift because I looked permanently surprised, like, you did what? And then people would join, you know, kind of pile in and just keep the really bad information going. I'm like, guys, y'all have been podcasters for about a month. Sit down and shut up, you know, learn before you start giving advice. But that's a whole nother topic. Excuse me. But I remember talking with you about this one in particular. We can talk about that story down the road if you want to. But I was so shocked by what this man was doing. And I watched it. It was like watching a, a serial train wreck. You know, you have to flip the chapter, put it down for a week, go back and and watch it again. And I kept thinking he's going to get divorced or he's going to go bankrupt. Something ugly is going to happen to this poor man. And he was a nice guy, but oh my God, his critical thinking skills weren't there. And when at the very end of it, he said, okay, I've got this, 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 and this, and I've spent $6,000. Now, how do I make a podcast? And that's when I called you. I said, okay, this guy's got a hobby and I think his wife's going to divorce him. I don't mind what if I had spent, you know, that kind of money and uh, didn't have a plan for it. He didn't have a plan for it. He had no plan at all. He put his wife's car out of the garage onto the driveway and turned his garage into a studio. He didn't have a plan. He didn't have a plan to make a podcast, let alone how to monetize it or pay for it. I, I genuinely suspect that she'd took her garage back and put him outside where the car used to be. That's what I would have done. Oh, yeah, it is. And that's just one of those examples that we see time and time again, uh, where people do some degree of that without having an idea of what they're going to do, how it's going to work or where they're going to go with it. Well, and, and that's and, just it. And you start this as a hobby, which I understand, but if you're paying all kinds of money for equipment or, you know, and this can happen to any industry, you know, no matter what you're doing. And all of a sudden you're taking money out of savings or you're telling your wife that, you know, we're, we can't go on vacation. You did not have a plan. And it's so critical to have at least the notion of a plan, but it's all much better to have an actual business plan and determine if you're a hobby. And if you're a hobby, are you going to make it into a business? So this is where I turn over the mic to you and let you start telling people what they need to do to not get divorced and get your butt sitting out on the driveway. Yeah, it's uh, it's very tricky. You know, our conversation that day, you know, led us into this discussion. And one of the questions I always get is, is there a business out there that doesn't need a business plan? And I, my uh, response to that is, sure there is, one that wants to fail. Um, mm -hmm. Because that's where it all boils down to. I don't care what type of business, and I've seen numerous of them uh, start, fail, and, and, and it just hurts me because they don't have to fail two months after they open their door if they do it right. And so one of the things that I've looked at and seen is, Looking at why these businesses failed and that no plan is right at the top of every list that I've researched. And we can fix that. It doesn't have to be this great big novel that people think about that they got to write all this information about a business plan. It just depends on what their plan is. You know, we've got the hobbyists, we've got side hustles, we've got people that want to do this full time, or they want their like a podcast, they want that to be a part of what they're already doing but they haven't thought about how it's going to incorporate how they're going to feed both both pieces of their business and so at least having an, a simple layout on a piece of paper that says okay this is what our objective is how are we going to get there and then start building from there it's it's very uh 
easy process, but it's just people are afraid because they don't know how or don't know what. And that's where all this starts in at. And without having a place to go for help, they just don't do it. Therefore, within a short time, they close up shop or say, this is crazy. Well, it's kind of like writing your will. Nobody wants to do that, but you have to. Exactly. That same kind of fear. It's like, oh, geez, I have to sit and think with this. It's scary. It's really scary. I don't know who to leave my house to. I don't know what's going to happen to my pets or my children in my business. I don't know what's going to happen. Do I have a business plan for continuity? Do I have a way to pay for it? Do I have partners? There are so many questions. They make our heads hurt and they scare us. Yes. Uh, and it's people that have not been in uh, the entrepreneurship world. Uh, they've worked for somebody, but they want to do something. Uh, for instance, my, I've got a brother um, that he's moving from employment, uh, trading his hours for dollars to doing odd jobs in construction and building, remodeling ho- uh, rooms and homes and things. And as he says, well, how do I do this? And we sat down talking and we, he, we're sketching it all out and kind of gave him the idea, okay, can we do this? And I said, now you got the, where you want to go, but what kind of income? And we got into that budget discussion because he's now on social security. He's my older brother. <laughs> uh, Understood. But um, so we, I said, we, we started talking about this to see if it's even feasible. You know, doing it, looking at it from the, the right angles before you get involved in this. Is it going to be able to sustain the kind of income he wants to make from it? It's just a supplemental vacation fund and as it is stuff for his toys that he likes to buy. So he says, you know, this is what I need to, to make really to do what I want to do because of his pension and Social Security. But his wife is a couple years younger, so he's still got to take all this other factors in account. And so we're starting to put the the income and expenses together. Does he need more tools he has to go out and buy? And, you know, we, we talked about the, the guy spending all that money on a, on a remodel his garage, but without planning, he just did it. And unlike my brother, we're sitting there doing it all before he makes the move. Right. So, so you know, we're doing it ahead of time. That way you've got it. Before it's too late, you can say, oh, man, that's not going to work. I got to do something different. And then you can refocus and reassess what you want to do and how you're going to do it. But if you've already done it without thinking about these things, it's too late. Well, yeah, because now you don't have the money. You don't know where it's going to come from. It's no longer fun. It's no longer a hobby or, you know, we a lot of us are working in what we could, you know, realistically call the gig economy and all of a sudden you're like i remember this when i was younger and i didn't have i couldn't buy a taco i was so broke because i you know i didn't have any money i didn't plenty i didn't have any budgeting and you and i had talked your brother i mean that that takes me back to what we started talking about and one of my big concerns with with the podcast industry in particular And a whole new, I mean, listen, when I started 15 years ago, I think it was me and eight other people. That was it. We were, there had to have been others, but we were rare. We were rare on the ground. And then all of a sudden, within the last couple, three years, I mean, everybody is podcasting. And I think that's great. But I also think you need a plan. You need to know who your audience is. You know, you know, need to know what kind of tools you need. But what I started to say, David, is that all of a sudden, and I guess it was two or three years ago now, I don't really keep track of time very well, but this new industry popped up, people who were editing podcasts. Now, you know me, I, it's live. I don't edit if, you know, I speak my mind. <laughs> and if we boo-boo and you hear the cat screaming, you hear the cat screaming. It's all very much a conversation. But that's my style. I'm never going to edit it. And I'm never going to clean it up or sanitize it. It's just not how I operate. But a lot of people do. And they want to. And all of a sudden, and I'm, I mean, these people popped up immediately when all these podcasts started hitting the airwaves and that's, Oh, for $500 a week, we will, you know, clean and edit and put music in it. 
David, this is what really scared me for a lot of people. It's like you don't have a podcast. You have maybe 10 episodes in because I'm, I'm still watching those groups going, wow. Ooh. And then I'll say bad words every once in a while because it's more than a while. It's like, you are kidding me. But, and then, yeah, but on the other side of that, it's me going, oh, good for you. Yeah. And I'm watching those people too because I'm really excited when somebody gets out there and they make a, big splash with their podcast and they love it. They're serving a big audience and I'm just hopping up and down for those people. But the people who are all of a sudden saying, okay, you know, I've hired this, you know, these editor and it's not cheap by the way, and they do good work, but it's not inexpensive. And my first thought is, do you have a business plan for that? Is that part of your budget? Who's paying for this? Where is that money coming from? Is that part of your business? Is your podcast monetized? Are you making enough on the podcast or with, you know, products associated to the podcast to pay for these bills that you're racking up? And I'm going to guess that the answer is mostly no. I would agree with you wholeheartedly there. One of the things. It that hurts my stomach. It really does. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, just pick up your phone, have conversations as you grow and you make money, build it out, but don't pay for it up front with no business plan. Well, yeah, even a a simple budget to know what these monthly fees are, and you know more than I do what those are, but I know there's hosting fees, not even getting into the editing, you know, how they're going to pay that and you need a website. Most of people say, well, listen, I don't know anything about social media. Now I have to hire, you know, a, a media marketing agency. It's like, oh my gosh. And then I go right back to that budget and mm-hmm. that business plan. And I'm thinking, man, I hope you don't fail. I really hope you don't fail, but I don't see how you're paying for this. Well, and that's the thing is when we look at those that want to do it as a hobby, they're going to start it. You know, how can I, how inexpensive can I get into the marketplace? Exactly. No barriers. Just get in and start talking. You know, as we talk right now, I'm using my laptop. My audio on the laptop. Uh, I do have a microphone sitting around here someplace, but to me it was more cumbersome. And with the quality of equipment that's coming out on our computers nowadays, um, it works out great. And I know many podcast hosts, That's they use their phones or their computers because, one, they don't want to spend that money because it, if you get into high quality, you're starting to talk in some real serious money. We're not all Joe Rogan. A lot of us want to be, but we're not. So your phone, listen, the first 10 years of this show, I did it strictly on my phone. Mm-hmm. It worked. It worked just fine. Yeah. So... You know, but people do need to have an idea. It's like, is this a hobby? Because if it's a hobby, you need to, I think, and I'm going to ask you if this is correct, but you need to scale it way down and do as much free as you can. Oh, absolutely. I use uh, free is the magic word for me on a lot of things. (laughs) Uh, As uh, one of my uh, employees at another company I had says, free 99 is always good. And so I always laughed about that, but you know, there's software out there that you could edit this stuff. That's you can get free pieces of it up to certain levels. So starting out, as you said, let's scale into it. But when you start out into a podcast world and we see a lot of them because they haven't thought it through of where they're going to get their guests from, what's it going to be about? Are they, or is it just going to be them rambling on for a half hour to an hour? You know, and, and without thinking all these things through, it's it's a scary proposition for people that are listening to it. You know, are you going to be there, there today, yeah. gone tomorrow? Exactly. That's a good point. There are two things about this whole podcasting thing that I've been observing for a couple of years, several years now. One is you're spending money that you really, unless you have a plan of some description or unless you've got unlimited money, Okay, go for it. But unless you have those things in play, you need to figure out how to operate. And the other thing is, and this still bugs me, it still happens. People say, okay, I've got this podcast and blah, 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 blah. I haven't found any guests yet. Right now it's just me. And no, they're, they're telling the whole story when I'm fascinated by the stories. But then, David, then, and this always pops up and it just makes my heart clench up. How do I monetize? 
you're 10 minutes old. You're not going to monetize. Do not quit your day job. Exactly. The idea that podcasting is magic. It is, but it's also a business. Yeah. And like any business, you have to pay your dues. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Any business out there, you know, we don't all jump in and start making money from the time we flip the light switch. And if you're an unknown, just like going to a bank to borrow money, if you don't have something there so they can figure out who you are, they're going to turn around and laugh you out or if you don't understand what you're getting into. Um, and so it's a, you've got to be able to do that. But if you don't put the thought in ahead of time, uh, you know, you're starting everything for the wrong reason. And that's just the key to just turn off the lights and move on. Yeah, and it's so sad because some of these ideas and some of these podcasts are really great, but then they disappear. Mm-hmm. They'll pop up on social media six months later. So, well, you know, I had to shut it down, and I could almost tell them why they had to shut it down. I don't, obviously, but it's like, look, you weren't consistent. You didn't have, you know, if you're like mine, an interview podcast, you didn't have fascinating guests. I mean, these are easy things to fix, but you didn't see them coming. Yes. And that's what a lot of it is, the short-sightedness of uh, thinking things through. You know, it's just like if you were building a house, you would have a set of plans before you put a, a shovel in the ground. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this is no different than that. You've got to have some plans even if it's like I say, it doesn't have to be this big elaborate thing. I have people, uh, and I've designed one for the our people that are getting in the podcast world that they want. Yeah, our product is one page. It is, and it's super easy to fill out. It's easy to understand, and then you can go from there if you want to go deeper. But it's a start. Well, it, it's like everything else. This will get me going in the right direction. And what I do with my clients is. One of the biggest things when it comes to new businesses, whether it's a podcast or carpenter or whatever, one of the things they do besides not planning is they don't understand what you need. They haven't researched it or they've tried to figure, okay, I got one customer. It's going to make you do, or I don't have enough market. So before I, I was, I work with clients. The first thing I do is we try to, go through this thing to prevent these common reasons of failure from happening to make sure that you're willing to put in the time and investment that it's going to take to make this thing happen, to be that successful uh, program, regardless of what it is that you want to do. Otherwise you're spinning your wheels. Right. And that's so important. What you just said, the time investment. Listen, when I started this, it's always been an interview because I don't think I'm interesting enough to listen to for 15, 20, 30, 60 minutes. I know I'm not. So I've always had guests. And over time, because of the sheer consistency of the program, I've gotten to meet people from all over the world. But I'll tell you, you know how I saved this podcast? I think I've I've shared this with you, but maybe not on the podcast. But for those of us who know who Larry Wingett is, He's known as the the pit bull of personal development. He just retired not so long ago. But Larry is, I love to read and watch Larry. He doesn't have any filters at all, and neither do I. And anytime he's come on the show, we're always like, okay, be careful what we say. We don't want to get letters. Like, I know. But years ago, many years ago, when I first started, I say this is 15 years old, and I knew I wanted to do it because I I'm an introvert. I don't get to meet people in my local Walmart as a rule. You know, I don't meet people from all over the world. So this is a win-win for me. And I could not find guests. Like you said, nobody knows who you are. They don't know what you bring to the table. They've never heard of you. And going back to the banker, but yeah, unless you've developed some kind of a following, no matter how small, nobody's going to pay attention to you. And somehow I had gotten Bob Berg on the show. But it kind of stalled after that. And I actually had a friend of mine who has passed away now and said, Denise, you don't have a show today? I'm waiting. And that's when I realized that people really were listening and watching. And I had to show up, whether I had a cold 
or cranky or, or no guest. And I had no excuses. I had to show up. So I had always been a fan of Larry Wingett's. You know, back when he had some TV show years ago, and it was a very funny show about money, and he would just rip people, rip their heads off, and it was actually pretty entertaining. So another God wink, I jumped on, we didn't have Facebook Messenger at the time, but I sent him a note in Facebook somehow. I can't remember what device we used, but I introduced myself and told him that, you know, several of his speaker friends, well-known speaker friends had been on my, my podcast, told him that I'd been a fan of this program. I think it was on A&E and I'm not sure if I had his first book at that time. This is a long time ago and I would love for him to be my guest. And I went, well, that just went out into the ether. This is Larry Wingett. I mean, seriously. So I left my office. I went to the kitchen. I stuck my head in the refrigerator to cool my head down because I was like, oh, my, I'm going to have to shut it down. And my heart was breaking. Came back in here 15 minutes later. There's a note from him. He says, sure, I'd love to. Oh, you're kidding me. And I will tell anybody who will listen, Larry Wingett saved this podcast. Larry, uh, my big regret is not having the opportunity to meet him. Uh, oh, I've read he's, several he's of his books are here. I've listened to his show. And when he would be on the news outlets, I would always, all right, I got to hear Larry because of his style. You know, it's, he found his niche. He he's did. The suit guy. He's the, the boots, the Western shirt, whatever it is. A cigar. Yeah. My mom, when she was still living, I would say, okay, Larry's going to be on. She's in California. And she'd go watch. She'd say, I like him. I know. Me too. (laughs) So she'd watch him on whatever news thing he was going to be on. But without that consistency and without finding really fascinating people, they don't have to be famous at all. Well, no, you're talking to me. You're famous in our world. But here's the thing. I mean, People want to get to, and I'm going to bring up our friend Bengay the Third. He says this often: people want to know you, like you, and I think he says trust you, but mostly they want to feel comfortable with you, mm-hmm. feel safe with you, rather. And it's true. Once you establish that podcast or that business where people know you, like you, and they feel safe with you, you're golden. Well, and that's. In life in general, but especially when you get into business, uh, I've written all these books and it's getting people to understand because there's a lot of my own personal life in those books. So they understand where I'm coming from. It's just like, you know, in your opening, I've been doing this for 25 plus years. Now I'm up over 35 that I've, as um, I heard a speaker saying, it was Lee Miltier uh, says, you know, we're unemployable. Oh, yeah, me too. The thought of working for somebody at this point in my life scares me to death. I couldn't. Um, I could not. (laughs) That's why I'm sitting here. But um, that's why I believe in helping people. It's just something that when I see it, as you said, you know, you want to shout from the rooftops, hey, you're doing a great job. You're doing it. Uh, That's what gives me uh, that happy feeling that if I've been a little part of the success of your business, that's what I need. That's what keeps me doing this day in and day out. And people get to know us. And I enjoy being on podcasts like yours uh, that have a following that you can reach the broad audience and say, hey, I got a message. If you pick up one little piece of what we're discussing that can help you, then it's worth every second that we put into it. Absolutely. Oh, I just got a note. Does and thank you for for sharing that. It's so true. Does my hobby business need a plan? Yes, it does. And if so, that's me answering, not David answering. And if so, what would it look like? Does that go back to the the single page that you're talking about, David? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, the single page for a hobby is just well, you want to know the direction. It's just right. What it's in it. What's it look like? You know, why are you doing it? So. Uh, if you have a hobby podcast and there's so many people out there that have interesting hobbies, you know, if you're into the coin collecting, just use that as an example. That is a big hobby of a lot of people all over the world. So if you want to have something like that, you're right. So I want to focus on people that 
either coin collecting or want to get into it and what they're facing and have that discussion and then say, so now I've got my topic. It doesn't have to be elaborate. I mean, I can, you can scribble it out on a piece of notebook paper, but the back of a napkin business plan. We all have that. One. I have seen those for businesses I, that started on a cocktail napkin. I have I two of them. <laughs> I've got two of them in a box somewhere, and I went, really? I did that? It was a lunch napkin. It's crazy. Well, well, yeah, I can see. I've sat, you know, when you're at conferences and things, the work goes on, it gets done in a bar or a restaurant. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen, you know, and I've actually been part of those some of those discussions where the guy is scribbling notes on a cocktail napkin. He says, okay, I got my plan done. I said, just go back and rewrite it something decent, you know. But... When you look at that for a hobbyist, I mean, you want to know, right? Like I say, you've got your topic. Where are you going to get your guests? Are you going to do it in an interview style like Denise is doing here? Or is it going to be you talking for a period of time? But there's three things. And these are, I've, I've made my mantra for the last couple of years is you want to focus on what you're doing. You want to be consistent in what you're doing. And you want to be committed to the, if you don't have all of those three you're going to have a hard time. So make sure that you plan as a hobby. It's just not something, okay, I'm going to jump on today. Uh, if you're going to do that, don't waste your time on getting all the work done for a podcast. But also look and see, put a startup budget. You know, we talked earlier about all the fees. How much does it cost you for somebody to host your podcast on their platform? Uh I seen something where one of somebody was doing away with um, their platform or changes made, but be aware of what's going on in the market. Look at research that. Talk to people like Denise. If I was starting a podcast right now, she would be my go-to gal because you don't get to the top two percent in the world without knowing what you're doing. So take advantage of the resources that are out there. Be careful in the, in the rooms in some of these conversations that we in the online because you're going to, you can get bad advice as we've alluded to earlier on. Yeah, and it's not deliberately bad advice, but it's no. bad advice no matter. Um, and if if like I say it was a hobby, if I want to do that, like I say with the coin collecting, I just say okay, you know we're going to go on once a week on X number of days, and so you plan that. And it means talking to somebody that has coin appraisals. Get them on him. You can find people out there. You just got to put in the research time to find it. And it doesn't cost, as we said, big money to do this. But make sure you have an idea of what those continuous costs are. And, and I can say, Denise knows more than I do what, what it costs to have a podcast. And I've talked to people that, you know, they spend obscene amounts of money but it doesn't have to be huge. It just starts small. And then as you get something rolling, get used to it, make sure it's going to build a, a following. And then maybe expand to some extra platforms. So you've got to decide. And there's, you know, you can get consultants that will work with you and provide information. You know, you've got two of them on the call right here that we're glad to reach out and help people. You know, this is what we do. And so if you're doing the hobby, think it through, but one page is all you need. Uh, I still have my old insurance business plan over here, and it was an inch and a half thick because of all the research documents that were in it. But for what I do now, I've got four pages. Right, right. And I kind of wanted to bring this up because it just occurred to me, but even though it's a hobby, I'm not saying go zero. All hobbies have costs. If you're a knitter, you're going to be paying for wool. You're going to be paying for, you know, all the, the patterns. You're going to be paying for a lot of different things. That ho that hobby, those costs of those that hobby should already be baked into your grocery bill, so to speak. It's already part of the household expenses. Doesn't that sound about right? Yeah. I mean, it's just knowing what it's going to cost you on a monthly basis. You know, we won't get into the yarn discussion, please. Uh <laughs> <laughs> my wife's table next to her chair in there. Uh. Oh. Well, you know, and the thing is, I mean, if you're going to have hobbies, we all have them. Mine is reading. If I'm going to spend a crap ton of money, it's always going to be on books. Always has been, always will be. 
fact, I just had to buy another bookshelf, but I know that that's going to be an expense at some point. So, you know, at the back of my mind, I'm making room for it. You know, making room in my budget. I'm making room in the office. But so, you know, I'm not saying, you know, if you're going to have a hobby podcast that there's not going to be any expenses. There are. And David, as you mentioned, there's going to be those monthly expenses. You're going to need a small website. You really are. You're going to need to be able to, you know, pay for a platform. You know, the ones that say they're free, they go out of business. Don't do it. Pay for a platform. Yeah, and it may be $39. And Blog Talk Radio, which is where I've been for 15 years, is $39 a month. I pay it happily. I really do. You may want to be on Zoom and, you know, do something with, from there. That's going to cost, what, about $14 a month. There's so many different ways you're going to be spending money. And it doesn't have to be hundreds, but you have to have at least a budget to take care of those. And those need to be baked into your budget. And then, you know, as the hobbyist uh, or any anyone, I always recommend people when we look at those startup budgets to see what it's going to take, what the ongoing expenses are, to share those with your significant other. Because yeah. if you're not making money, the money's got to come out of your, ho- your household budget. So make sure that you and your spouse are on board with that expense every month. Uh, you don't want to do something that you're going to enjoy and have fun with, but in the long run is going to cause you misery because now you've got an unhappy household. So yeah. that's why I say put this together or before you jump into it. Understand the time commitment it takes to research for your, your guests, do the podcast, do everything else that's associated with it, and then uh, have that before you launch your podcast and start going. And it's going to take you something. You just don't turn on the mic today and say, oh, I'm going to do a podcast. There's some planning okay. involved in time frames. So understand yeah. that. There is. And it's not just the money that you're going to have to fork out. And you have to have that budget. But And you keep going back to time. And so do I. Listen, putting together a podcast, it takes time. It really does. I mean, I do everything my own. You know, I'm I'm a web developer by trade, and I have a team for that that work with me. But my podcast, it's self-funded. I don't have anybody paying me for this, so I have to do my own work. I do my own graphics. Go to Canva. It'll cost you 100 bucks a year. But there's so many different ways that you can do this, and you will have to take the time. If you don't know how to work with Canva, if you don't know how to work with, let's say, Fiverr and get them to do some graphics with you, you know, there's a lot of help out there, but it's going to take time. You're going to have to educate yourself on a lot of different things. And you can't just pop up like you just said, Dave, and say, hey, I'm Denise. Listen to me. It doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work. You know, that's the same no matter what your business is. You're going to need all these pieces of the puzzle, whether you're a hobbyist or a side hustle or a full-time um, business. But so, you know, we're, we've talked a lot about the hobbyist, but I mean, all these same principles apply in different degrees across the broad spectrum to make sure that you're doing it for the right reason. You can afford to invest time and income and money into it and get the support of your family because they're going to be your biggest cheerleaders. I or would not be able to do what I do right. without my wife. Exactly. Or they're going to be mad at you all the time. Well, so it's always par for court. But no. Pick uh, <laughs> <Like> your lane. <laughs> well, it's it's just one of the things. We have so many options available to us in this world today. And, you know, giving people just answering a question, just like you came in here on, on the business plan for the hobby. Uh, yeah. Plan it out. It doesn't have to be things, but. Even if it doesn't have to even be in a certain format, just as long as you know why you're doing it, how you're going to do it, what you're going to do, and where you're going to do it, and what's it going to cost. Give us, David, give me, if you can, give us a, a few points off of the document that you've got that you built for us, you know, just so people can have an idea of what it is that they're looking at. Well, what we've done there is, uh, we've, like I say, we started out with... Um, what is it, what are you going to solve for the people that are listening? 
What's it going to look like? So I mean, why are you doing it? That's the big thing we always start with when we hear, what's my why? Why am I doing this? Well, with what I do and what Denise does with her web development, but, you know, people need something. Uh, people have questions right now. What, you know, how do I do a business plan and things like that? That's how I got into the world that I'm in. But looking at what are you going to do? Is it just going to be an information base like our coin collector? Is that going to be something you're going to help people that, hey, you know, I've enjoyed this hobby for a long time. I want other people to get into it, learn. So you're solving, trying to rebuild that up, that community. So things like that. Um, what are you going to name it? Yeah. Uh, there's soup to nuts on that you know that's in making sure that that name's not already in use there's a lot of work but do a little research what do you want the name of your podcast to be if it's a hobby you know the coin collectors uh chronicle or something like that i mean just something that you can unique that's going to draw attention it might somebody see the name oh that might be something i'm looking for so what are you going to name it you know who are you is anybody helping you do the podcast? Who's on your team? As Denise says, you know, she does the podcast all by herself. Uh, and so think about that because that's the time issue. You know, what kind of goals have you set for yourself to do that? And then the other piece, I can say I've got like six, eight topics, nine topics here. But when do you want to launch it? You need to establish a timeline. All right. Say, I'm going to launch this. In right, we're in September. Let's just say first of the year. I want to launch January one. So now you need to put a timeline together, and what you got to do now in preparation for that January one start date, and is it feasible? So you want to look at how much time you need to get it done properly, and then um, how you're going to market it. You know who you're going to market it to. Those are the key pieces. When it comes, if you don't know that, don't start. Because you got to know who's going to be interested in what you're going to be talking about. And how are you going to reach them? Where are you going to find them? Uh, you know, we have this misconception in the world today that everything is solved in an online social media platform. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, a lot of people Work do in that. that arena. It's not true. Issue. Yeah. I'm old school. You know, I've been around since we use stamps uh, in envelopes. But then the other piece that we talk about is that financial. What's it going to need to get me going? And what's it going to be the ongoing? And where's the money coming from? It might start out as a hobby and down the road say, okay, I want to do it this way and see how it works. You know, I can fund this for, you know, a year or so. And to see if I want to take it to the next step. Do I want to go from a hobby to a side business and gradually work that? It's kind of what your long-term goals and thoughts are, but how much is it going to cost you to get going and where are you going to go? And is it sustainable? Yeah, I yeah. think that's where a lot of things just kind of fall apart because like, oh, it's only going to cost me. Okay, I did the quick math. It's going to cost me $100 a month. It won't, but you can think that if you like. And you know, I'm going to do all the work myself, which I do. I enjoy doing the work. In fact, if you pick up the phone and call my office, you get me. I'm the face of the podcast. You always get me. But it's it has to be sustainable. And this is another question that popped up in what well, and I wrote it down while you were talking, David. I see a lot of people who will you know, they'll they'll be in these groups and say, Oh, I've got a hang on, I need to cough. Sorry about that. Um, I, my cousin and I are my, you know, my sister-in-law and I want to do a podcast and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just waiting for it because six months down the road, there, there's going to be a fight and they're not going to be doing it anymore. Now they don't know, should they continue? Who has custody of the podcast? And that becomes, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that comes becomes part of the business plan as well. How oh, do you split up? If you look at that, you know, we hate to think about the end result. You have to. But that, you know, there might be a cause in there upon disillusion. Um, well, and it would depend a lot on the parties. Um, but you would, yeah, you definitely got to have some kind of thought process down the road. If not in the plan itself, 
let's just say you want to turn the podcast into a legal entity like an LLC. In your operating agreement for the LLC, which are easy to get, and most states honor those, uh, I think I, the form mine was like 25 bucks. But there's an operating agreement between the parties that spell that out. And so you might want to reference that as, or have it a separate document because that gets into some legal issues, you know, making sure that you've got it documented the right way. So if we close it up, you know, we split this 50-50. The easiest way to design that is with the make it a separate entity just to protect yourself in that situation. Uh, and I could go back into my uh, insurance days and the fights and stories of uh, family members over mom and dad's will. Fist fights between brothers and sisters. You know. Oh, my. Yeah. So that is where if it's set up as a an LLC, for instance, and you always need to talk to your attorney or an accountant when you do this because they're going to give you the legal advice. I can give you practical advice, but doesn't stand up in a court of law. Um. But that's the thing you can do. And then, in, like I say, those agreements, and you can do this stuff online. Uh, you, you know, attorneys will charge you usually several hundred dollars to put it together. But look online, but you can get sample documents of what the operating agreement looks like. Those are relatively simple to make sure that you've got that situation covered. If it, anybody involved in the ownership other than yourself. And that's I... what's the business. And what I'm hearing or reading, and I've just kind of added some of my own questions as I'm watching these things kind of unfold, but there have been arguments about who gets the recordings. Well, the recordings are out in the, the wild. Unless you didn't publish them, then they can become a point of contention. But, you know, once those recordings are out there, you don't really own them anymore. You know, they're they're part of the ether so they're out there but you know arguments over equipment arguments over the name arguments over the hey you know you said you're going to pay this and you didn't do it so that it becomes again a money issue these things all need to be thought about Mm -hmm. my thinking is if you're going to go into a podcast or any other kind of business with a, a partner look at it the way you would a marriage do i have a prenup what's going to happen because it's it could go wrong quickly or it can last 30 days you know years or maybe it'll be really great forever but let's just make sure we've thought about everything that could go wrong that probably will go wrong and get those barriers out of the way right now yeah uh i had a company i started with one with a friend of mine him and i uh we we get in trouble when we get bored uh so we usually <laughs> do something stupid like start another business uh, but ben. Uh, when we got into it, you know, we, we come up, we both love the name. We, you know, we brainstormed on this. We came up with a good name. I did the research, making sure it was viable. It was usable, did all that, filed all the paperwork. And then, you know, we ran that business for well, between three and four years. And then we decided, okay, we had some issues uh, with some of our staff and we decided you know, it's just not worth the headaches. Let's just pull the plug. And this was pre-COVID. And so, but within that agreement that we had, you know, we had the, the name set up. We even changed the name. And, I, you know, I was behind the scenes guy with the paperwork. And he was the rah, rah, rah visionary out front, which was great because that's his bailiwick and he's good at it. But we had that all documented in the operating agreement if, if for any reason it has to be mutually agreed upon, or if one or the other decides to leave, the remaining owner assumes uh, everything from that point forward, and we both uh, contributed the same amount of money up front. So there wasn't, well, I put in more than you and things like that. So it was all spelled out. So when it came time to shut that company down, I think we each got $3.50 out of it. Hey, you know, you because of all the cost, you know, <laughs> we we invested it all back in, and we knew we wouldn't take anything out. Right. But you didn't go in years. the hole, <laughs> so you basically worked for free, but you didn't mm-hmm. go in the hole. Well, exactly, and, and we knew what we were getting into when we did it because of the model that we used. But 
And that's a whole different story when we get into that company. But uh, it was just things that, just like you said, it's just spelled out, but it's in a legal document. So, yeah, you can do this. And then if you got an attorney that use it, once you get something up, they can review it for you and make sure that it would stand up in court. Uh, or you can hire one of these companies um, out there. I mean, I hear legal Zoom all the time. People That's use that. But yeah. I've got my own personal attorneys and friends that I've used for years. And so, okay, I'll pay you guys. You tell me what I need to do. It's not a bad idea. And I know we're talking a lot about business plans here, but somebody, and I just wrote this down, somebody said, I know what I'm doing. I don't need a business plan. Take it away, David. Oh, I used to, th- at one point in my life, I think I thought that when I first uh, left the factory. The problem is uh, with that concept, you know, and I understand, you know, we're all smart people. But, you know, we're bombarded by over 5,000 marketing messages a day. Just marketing. Add your life on top of that. So you've, if you've got kids, you know, it, it's coming at you from 20 different directions. On top of the marketing issue, then if you're, you know, your business or your uh, work life, you've got all that coming in. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to remember what you're doing in your business. Uh, I can't speak for a lot of people, but in my case, that would be long gone. Uh, as um, Harry Carey would say, long gone. Uh, <laughs> but I, we can't be it's, even if it's a simple thing written down to what you want to do. So if you've got somebody helping you, the biggest thing is if you've got a plan, hey, say, hey, this is what I'm doing. And especially if you hire staff, share the plan. When I had my insurance agency, my staff had a copy of the plan. They knew exactly what we were doing, how we're doing it, where we're doing it, and why. And they knew my favorite question I always ask uh, business owners is how much does it cost you to put the key in the lock every day? Oh, that now and that's poignant. I asked that at a group of, uh, at a business group I spoke to one night and I seen the deer in the headlights. Look, everybody just, what are you talking about? And the little, the guy sitting right in front of me looked at me and says, 10 haircuts. They said, what? He says, the first 10 haircuts every day pay all my expenses. After that, I'm in the green. Now, what if he doesn't get 10 haircuts? He knows that he lost money that day. He can't pay bills out of that money. He broke it in his head. He knows, right. Okay. He knows he's figured it out that I need to have 10 haircuts every day just to pay all my bills for the shop. You know, so that's not taking anyone. That's just to keep the shop open. But he had it broken down. And that's one of the things I like to see my staff. I had a part-time and a full-time gal, and they knew the numbers. We figured it all out. And, and so I came in one day from a meeting, and uh, my office manager, she says, well, because I asked her how things went. She says, well, I cover my our expenses for today. What'd you do? <laughs> you know, so she was on top of it. <laughs> but it sells things that we need to know that, you know, if we're running a business, what do we have to make every day in order to make our bills? And uh, unlike a lot of we hear, uh, my own personal belief is I get paid last as the business owner. Especially if you got staff, yeah. you better make sure you make payroll or you're going to be in big trouble. And really, we shouldn't be paying ourselves last, but we do. That's no, just it is. That's just common nature. I know. But yeah, that's, uh, there's a, we could go on forever on topics like that. I mean, it's just because there's so much out there that we don't know what we don't know. And hopefully by our discussions here today, uh, it's got some people thinking about, okay, I need to do things a little different, or I might need to pick this up or do that. But uh, get it out of your head. Get it on paper. Just think about going on vacation. That's your roadmap. You get a roadmap of where you want to go on vacation or build a house. You've got blueprints. And your business plan is exactly that. It's that roadmap of how you're going to get there or the blueprints for your house. So, you're thinking and planning all the time. You don't just, you know, put it in a binder and put it underneath the cat bed. I mean, you're constantly in there going, okay, that's working. This not so much. Where do I tweak? It's not a doorstop. Uh, it's a living, breathing document. And something comes up, 
you got an opportunity. First thing you always look at is, right? How does is that follow the mission that the reason I started my business? Is that in my right direction? If not, say no. Because uh, people get in trouble doing that. They'll say, oh, yeah, that's a good opportunity. But is it the direction you want to go? So you have to ask yourself these questions. And then don't be afraid to change your business plan. My daughter uh, out west works for a company. He's been rewriting his plan almost on a quarterly basis because of things change so much in their industry. Mainly because they've met their goals and then some. And opportunities not. So don't be afraid to answer the door, but change your plan and share that with the people in your business, at least your key management team, so they know what's going on. And see, I think that's actually one of the smartest things or the most important thing. You said a lot of smart things, but one of the most important things that you said, you know, share that plan with your employees, share it with your spouse, share it with your significant other. If you've got a best friend, I'm not married. I'll never be married again. Done my time. Thank you very much. But my very dear friend, you know, she has my will. I have her will. We, you know, we, we're taking care of each other as need be. And if I make any hefty decisions about my business, she knows about it. She has to. Yeah. You know, we share, our, we should be sharing our goals with somebody. And we then really should. And I've got several friends like that. Ben Gay is one of them. And, you know, I'll share my goals and, you know, my, I just stepped off the path and broke my ankle stories with them. But, you know, you're right. I mean, I've got people like you, I've got Ben Gay, I've got my best friend, I've got Tammy Thrasher Mitchell, and I use all of y'all as sounding boards mm-hmm. before I step way off of my business plan and, and, you know, go into shiny object syndrome, which we're all guilty of. Yep. Be careful and, of that. It's so important to have that circle, whether you're, you know, a hobbyist or a, or this is your full-time Man, I work with a lot of people like that. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Because they understand the value I bring to the table. Uh, when I was in insurance, I used to share my goals with my dad. We had it set up because October 1 through Thanksgiving, we used to go in northern Michigan every weekend deer hunting. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't care if I shot one or not, but that was my special time with my dad. With your dad, yeah. And so I was... I set it up and say, okay, dad, I got to have this amount of business written that week. Otherwise, I can't go hunting with you. I had to tell him I couldn't go one time. And that broke my heart. And I says, it's never going to happen again. But he would call me. He says, I'll call you on Thursday to see about Friday. I said, okay. Well, he started calling me on Wednesday. And if I didn't have my numbers close to it, he says, you better get your ass up and get busy, boy. Because I'm going <laughs> to go by myself. You know, and nobody wants to disappoint their parents. And you don't want to disappoint yourself either. And that's what we do by not planning. I'm guilty of this. I know I am. Well, and I have. Are. Oh, yeah. But listen, when I have a talk with myself, it's me sitting in a corner rocking back and forth. It's not good. <laughs> but every once in a while, because I did not plan or I did not bracket the time or the expenses or I grossly underestimated the, mostly the time because I'm very bad about that how long it was going to take me and i'll have to take myself outside underneath the trees and you know peel a switch and smack myself it's just it's and if you're going to disappoint yourself you can alleviate that by planning so Mm -hmm. not to disappoint yourself well just think about everything you do throughout life i mean it revolves around a plan you have I don't know. A lot of places, a lot of folks have uh, a plan what they're going to plan their meals out for the week. It's a plan. Yes. You're going on vacation. What do you want to see? It's a plan. It is. We are surrounded by all these plans that we make. So why would you not do that for your business? I know. David, I just looked at the clock. We have one minute left. Before, Thank you for joining me. I thought this was a brilliant conversation. Tell people where they can find you. Well, the easiest way is go to my website at businessplananswerman.com. And if you're thinking about getting into this, on that website, on the homepage, there is a spot to put in your name and email and get a free workbook that will walk you through the business planning process. Free. It's my gift to the people uh, that want to do this. 
It's a PDF version. You could print it, copy it, write whatever you have to do, but use that. But that's the easiest way to find me, or you can send me an email at dave at businessplananswerman.com. And I'm on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. You are. David, thank you so much. Do you have any last thoughts to share quickly with the audience before I, I have to shut this down, But or we may lose it? It may just yeah. shut down on its own. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you, Denise. Uh, always a pleasure to uh, be on your podcast and the opportunity to share this important topic with, with your listeners. But uh, if everyone, anybody has any questions out there, reach out. Uh, you know, when the business planning side, I'm here. Uh, let me answer a question for you if you got it. And I your appreciate uh, you your listening books, to this to see if you can go help you out. There you go. Your books are available on Amazon or on your website or both? Well, you can go to the website and that will send you. There's links with those books to take you right to Amazon. And they're just step-by-step guides on how to write a business plan. I have them. I know. Well, listen, thank you, David. I really appreciate you showing up today and just giving so much terrific information. So before we wrap up today's episode, if you've enjoyed today's chat, and it was a chat, but it's also a very important chat, and found our insights helpful, please leave us a review and a rating on iTunes. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more people on their own success journeys. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button, leave a review, and share your partner in Success Radio with your friends and your colleagues. And thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next one. David, again, thank you so much. My pleasure. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.